Amen. Okay, well, happy Father's Day. We say it again and again and again. But guess what, guys? We serve the best father, the best dad. You know, and uh, Maggie was, she was telling me about uh, the card that she made. So our kids, each year, I mean, our kids are so artistic. They are so wonderful. They actually make homemade cards every year for, like, every occasion. For, we got a lot of birthdays that go down in our house, right? We got 10 birthdays. We got Father's Day. We got Mother's Day. And they always make these beautiful cards. And as Maggie was telling me about the card that she made, she hasn't given it to me yet. That's going to be celebrating afterwards, after our donuts. Uh, she, she came with this card. She said, Dad, 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 Dad. I just want you to know, I didn't write Happy Father's Day. And I was like, okay, babe. So what'd you write? She said, I, said, wrote, I wrote Happy Dad's Day. And to me, it just kind of hit me, like, you know, that our Heavenly Father is our dad. And I think father, we see this father term, and when we say the word father, we think, oh, the father of the house, and like the voice drops, I don't know, am I doing that right? Like the voice drops, and the father figure, and the, you know, we see this, this thing, but when she just wrote this, she was like, dad, I don't, not that she doesn't see me as father, but she saw me as dad, as daddy. And I want us to know this morning that we serve, not just our heavenly father, but we serve a good dad who loves us, who cares about us, who protects us, who is with us, who is for us, who promotes us, who encourages us. And I'm just so grateful that that's the father and the dad that we get to serve. Because we've all had earthly fathers and every one of those earthly fathers have failed in some way, shape, or form. We're all imperfect, but he is perfect. So dads, I want to encourage you uh, this morning. You do have what it takes. You've got what it takes because of him. Because of his anointing on your life, you have what it takes to be the father God has called you to be. So we're doing these attributes, and I figured I'd work in attributes into this uh, in the Father's Day message. So let me just review real quick. We've had 11 so far. We're working on number 12 of the 12th attribute. So the first one was God is infinite. God is immutable, which means he never changes. God is love. God is good. Think of this from a father perspective. God is wise. God is faithful. God is merciful. God is gracious. God is jealous for us. God is just. God is holy. And this morning I want to talk about God is protective. Now, Pastor Liz had no idea last week where she kind of gave a prophetic thing. She was talking about God being our protector and God being protective. And I was just up here smiling because the Lord had already given me a little bit about what I was going to share this week. And I was kind of smiling at her. I was just like, yeah, girl, you got it. You're just a week early. So she's always earlier before me, right? So she's got it before I got it. But what she was saying was spot on is God is protective. He is a protective father. He is the best father. He is perfect. Look at Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says this. It says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, church. Receive that this morning. No weapon. No weapon that is formed against you from the world, from the enemy, from any avenue shall prosper. Meaning it won't Grow, it won't be fulfilled, it won't be fruitful. And every tongue 
which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage of the children, another way to say it, of God. When you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, when you become a part of God's family, and now He is Father, He is Dad, these are promises that we can stand on and speak out for with verbally, with our mouths. No weapon formed against my family will prosper. You know, I say that every single morning. Ever since we did that Believer's Authority, and I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit, in just a minute. Every single morning over my family, I stand in the authority that God has given me. And I say that no weapon formed against my family will prosper. Does that mean that every single day goes super smooth? No. Not at all. Yesterday the morning was a little rough. Afternoon was pretty smooth. But every day we have to speak the word of God over our families. And we talk about what does spiritual leadership mean. What, what are, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But much of it is taking our spiritual authority and our place of authority in our families, and to speak God's word over our families, and speak verses like this saying, no weapon formed against this family shall prosper. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you. Protective. God is protective over us. He will guard us from who? The evil one. He has a guard, a shield of protection around us. And the next verse I have is Psalm 34, 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. Think about that. You've got God the Father sending angels to surround you and protect you. And we have story and example after example in our own lives of situations mostly on the highway with cars careening out of control, just speaking the word Jesus, saying the, saying the name of Jesus, and literally feeling the angels of God repositioning that car back on the road. This young lady was driving on Tannery Road in a snowstorm. And she hits some type of ice or something. The car is spinning around. I mean, it's going all over the place. And just the name of Jesus, that car corrected itself on ice in a snowstorm. She was facing the other way at one point in time. Corrected. Why? Because we have a protective father, a protective dad. Does that mean that no bad thing will ever happen to us? No, that's not the case. Because we live in a fallen world. But we have to remember, day in and day out, we trust the Lord. For he is our protector. So men, I have just a message for us this morning for you guys. This really applies to everybody. But this, the first part here in particular to men. God gave me this word to speak at some point probably three years ago. So this has been marinating for three years. And I feel like the Lord wanted me to share it this morning. And it's very simple. It's very simple. But... Men, God has created us, in us, a desire to do, well, lots of different things, but three things. And of course, as a preacher, you do things that all start with the same letter. Now, this was God gave this to me. So I'm feeling like this is Holy Spirit inspired. This isn't Pastor Jason coming up with a nice three-point sermon that all have P's in it. But this is what God has given me for us this morning. 
He has created in us a desire to protect our families, to provide for our families, and to procreate. This is what God has ingrained in us, what He has given us this desire to go do. But the enemy has looked to confuse that. The enemy has looked to make this a counterfeit. And the counterfeit of these three things is passivity, worldly promotion, and pornography. And if you look at these three things, it's they're, they're almost they're polar opposites. God has called men to be protectors, and women as well, but God's called men for protectors. But when we walk in passivity, we are not following what God truly has in store for us as protectors over our family. When God has given us this desire to provide for our families in some way, maybe it's physically, maybe it's monetarily, in one way or the other, but we get distracted by the world and promotion. And we spend our time so worried about promotion that we're realizing that God is our promoter. We have to remember that God is our provider, not us. He's given us the desire to provide, but we have to rely on Him to be our provider. And the last one with kids, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail. This is still a PG service. But he has called us to procreate, and the world has twisted that. And the enemy has twisted that. And taken it to a level which distracts us from the true creation of what he has created us to be, to be in love with our spouses and our wives. And to have just that one. So why is all these counterfeits out there? Because Satan is a counterfeit. He's taken things that were meant for good. He's taken things that, he, that God has created us to do, and he's trying to twist them and distract us, men, distract us in different ways, whether it's through passivity, whether it's through promotion and worried only about our jobs and how we can promote it, or the last one that's up there as well. So what is this, this, this the baseline here? He is, he is trying to distract us from our personal cause. So what is the goal of fatherhood? What really is this goal? It's the same goal that God has for us. Moms, it's the same goal that you really have as well for our children. It's to help our families reach their full potential in Christ. It's very simple. It's what God wants to do for us. As our Heavenly Father, He wants us to reach our full potential. In every area of our lives, whether it be fatherhood, motherhood, whether it be a student, whether it be a teacher, whether it be a cytotechnologist. Did I get that right? Okay. Whatever he's called you to go do, God is working and helping us to reach our full potential in Christ. Our goal as parents and as fathers is to launch, we always talk about this, launching our kids, launching our kids and, our, and their families into their calling. That's our goal. That's our goal as a church. It's, what God, it's God's goal for us. He wants to launch us into our calling. And so often, I think, in this world, we talked about this recently, everyone's so concerned about what their calling is. But guess what? Our calling is actually fairly simple. It's to be a follower of Christ. It's to be God's son and daughter. That is our first and foremost calling in life. And we think it's a title, or we think it's uh, some type of position, but it's not, I mean, those things do come as well as callings, but what God has called us to be is to be a son and a daughter, first and foremost. Because his primary thing is what Pastor Liz opened with, which was fantastic, 
is in the New Testament, we see, we said, what does Jesus call God? Father. And we transition from this, this unknown God or this God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, and this God of, you know, no name to the God that he's being called Father. So this goal is to launch our kids and our family into their calling. Here's a great quote that we have up in the family room, and I want to just make sure, I want to put this out in front of us, because I believe it is so important. Dads, listen. Dads, listen. Moms, you probably already get this, not all of you, but most of you get this. Dads, we struggle with this a little bit. Children are not a distraction from more important work. Come on, church. This is C.S. Lewis. They are not a distraction from more import, from a promotion or from this or from that or from our hobby or from some other thing. They are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Those who are fathers in here, those who are mothers, you must understand clearly that God is calling. That is your primary calling. Yes, son, daughter of God, and then a father and a mother. It is the most important thing. The most important work you will do. So I, had a, I don't know if you guys know, we're part of a uh, church network called One Focus Network. Uh, we've talked about it periodically. And they recommended a book to us, uh, you know, as the elders of the church. And they recommended, and I actually just had a discussion with Pastor Dan Backens, who is he's a senior pastor of the church in Virginia Beach. And we had this conversation of what does it mean to father a church? What does it mean to pastor a church? What does it mean to be in leadership over a church? And we had this discussion because it revolves around in our families as well, and it's exactly what God does for us. And men and women, it's exactly how God has called us to lead in our families. And there's three words, I don't believe I have it up there, but there's three words, which is interesting, one of them is protect, direct, and correct. Very simple. Protect, direct, and correct. If we think of God the Father, doesn't he do all those three things? He does supernaturally protect us. He does direct our paths. And he actually corrects us as well. So dads, these are our responsibilities as well. To protect, direct, and correct. Parenting and fathering is much the same. These three cores of leading. This leadership is empowering people, empowering our family, using these things so that they can reach their full potential in Christ. So church this morning, what is our responsibility? What is our response here to God's supernatural protection? What do we do? There are three different parts of protection that I want to talk about briefly this morning. There's a spiritual protection, there's an emotional protection, and there's a physical protection. In the spiritual protection, we have those up there. What do you do as a dad, as a father, even as a mother, as a leader? What do you do in order to provide spiritual protection over your family? Number one, we have to worship him. We have to worship him because without worshiping him, without starting at him being the center of all this, the rest of the stuff's not possible. The second thing we have to do is pray for them. Dads, pray for your children. Lay hands on your children. Pray for them. Bless them. Next thing we have to do is we have to exercise our believer's authority over our family. 
Guys, this is a calling, a responsibility, moms as well, that you have over your family. You have to stand and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you and every plan and purpose that you have set up against my family. For no weapon formed against my family is going to prosper in Jesus' name. And you say, and you begin to bind certain things that you see. Maybe it's a spirit of this or spirit of that. You begin to bind them with your words as you pray. And the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so we have to exercise our believer's authority over them. And we, what else do we have to do? We have to speak words of life and affirmation over them. We have story after story. I've shared this story about Eva in our family. And I'll just briefly mention when Eva was a toddler. Woo! Eva was a toddler. She was all in. She was all, if you think of a toddler, yeah, she was all toddler. And we had decided that, you know what? We are going to speak a new way over her. Not that she is a troublemaker. Not that she is difficult. We were at Waldemere recently, and I was at Kohl's the other day. I heard a parent say multiple times, you're just a troublemaker. You're just a troublemaker. You're just a troublemaker. And I just cringed. I was sitting there at the dressing room waiting for one of my kids to try on an alpha, and I just cringed. That parent is speaking over that child that they are a troublemaker. Do you know what that child is going to be when it grows up? A troublemaker. It's exactly what that child is going to end up being. So parents, fathers, you can speak life or death over your family, over your children. I'm choosing life. What are you going to choose this morning? It doesn't mean you don't have to understand reality and see that maybe you're having a difficult child at the moment, but you don't speak that over them. You ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, and you speak life and blessing and affirmation over that child. And when you do it over and over and over, the spiritual realm is listening, the spiritual realm is hearing, and even when you don't see it physically changing, God is moving and God is working. It took us years to see that effect on Eva. But now, those who know Eva, that girl is the sweetest thing. She is one of the, I mean, at LCA, she's got more friends than I think anybody. Everybody loves Eva because she is so sweet and she's a great friend. So we have to speak words of life and of affirmation over them. So that's our spiritual protection. That's our first and foremost responsibility as a father over our families. The second one is this emotional protection. I struggle with this, church. The first one is being present in the moment. How many of us struggle sometimes with being present in the moment? Right, we're here, we're there, we're bouncing all over the place, we're thinking five steps ahead, we're, we're worrying about tomorrow, even though the Bible tells us not to worry about tomorrow. Like this afternoon on Father's Day, as we're celebrating, I am going to have to be intentionally present and not think about the LCA board meeting tomorrow, the two orthodontist appointments we have, the softball game that we have in the evening, and the fact that Bliley called me yesterday saying we have to put together a, a forecast for the rest of the year of the financials, and they want it immediately, and they have to have it on Monday. That's tomorrow. And so I'm trying to be like... Like, you guys, don't you understand the pull into tomorrow, into some other way? It's always a pull to not be present in the moment. Because what happens is when you are present in the moment, God shows you things. Kids know if you're present in the moment or not. How many times, man, kids know, they get it. 
This is even, I believe it was yesterday, Noel, I don't know, Noel was telling me something in the, uh, in the kitchen. She, and Noel loves to talk, God bless her, she's so sweet. And she's, sometimes she talks a lot, and so sometimes I tune it out. Sorry, babe, I love you. Please forgive me. Okay, she's right there. Okay, and so she was telling me some story about something, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I'm not even looking at her at this point. I don't know what I was doing. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, babe, that's really nice. And she walked away. I'm just like, I'm preaching tomorrow about being present in the moment. Did I? That was like a big F. Like, I failed that moment right there, big time. But that happens, and we have to be intentional about being present in the moment. Because what's the second one is we have to listen to their hearts. As a mom, as a dad, as a leader, we have to listen to the hearts of those people. They actually are trying to share things with us. And many times we understand that this communication, it's more nonverbal sometimes than it is even verbal. But if you're not present in the moment, if you're not paying attention to that person and what they're saying and how they're feeling, we end up missing it. But to be an emotional protector over our family, we have to be present and we have to listen to their hearts. I've mentioned this before, the studies show, I believe, I don't know if I was talking to Mike the other day, uh, he and I were talking about it, but the, the time when our children open up to us the most is right at bedtime. The time where we want them to open up the least is at bedtime, right? Because you're tired, it's the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, no, 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 sure, baby. Tell me about how you're feeling. Tell me about that situation at school, right? And it's so hard for us because it's the end of the day. Like, we're just like, please go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Yep, love you. Oh, yeah, come on. No more snow. We're good. No more stories. I love you. Yep, see you tomorrow. Yes, love you too. Okay, bye, bye. Right? And you're trying to get out of the room as fast as possible. Read the shortest book, right? Maggie knows. So I put Maggie to bed every, every, every night normally if I'm, if I'm home. I'll be putting Maggie to bed. And she always asks Dad, Short book, medium book, or long book. And we have different books of various lengths, which will determine how tired and how much energy I have. And do you know which book I pick most often? Short. You got it. Absolutely. Like the sh- Babe, the shortest book that you got. Three or four pages, that's all I got in me tonight. Right? But what we have to remember is... If one of our primary responsibilities and calling in life is to be a father or to be a mother, to be a leader, we have to take the time to be present. And we have to know that God wired our kids right before bed to want to share with us. And we have to take that opportunity in that moment. What are we rushing off to? The next Netflix series? You know, it's going to play, you know, on, it's going to keep playing as, as soon as we get there. Don't have to worry about it. We're not missing anything. We're not missing anything, but what we are missing if we're running out is listening to our kids' hearts. And then the last one we have to do is ask for forgiveness. Uh, I modeled that a little bit there. <laughs> kind of that was unplanned. Uh, but we do, we have to, our kids know, we have to show them that we're not perfect. They already know it. You don't have to pretend like you are. They already know. And many a times I've sat down with my kids and said, Babe, Noel, baby, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And they're like, okay, Dad, sure. I forgive you. And they move on. And it helps emotionally heal their heart 
It helps emotionally heal their heart. And my only advice is very practical this morning. Uh, the only advice I would give to this part is don't start the sentence with, will you forgive me? But when you do this, 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 that's like they, they're not even listening to the forgive you part anymore. Just go to them and say, will you forgive me? I messed up. I yelled. I screamed. I shouldn't have treated you that way. I was harsh. Whatever it is, you, when you ask for forgiveness, there's this emotional protection that you were able to establish with your kids. Then the last one is physical protection. Grace, you want to come back up here? So we got spiritual protection. We have emotional protection. And we have this physical protection. And families, I think we all need to be, and we're talking to myself here as well, Liz and I have been talking about this, we have to be more aware of what we're allowing into our home and into their hearts. With today's technology, with the devices, I, one of our kids, yesterday I feel like it was, I mean, God always gives us examples in the present for stuff that we're sharing, but one of our kids, maybe it was Maggie, was on Liz's phone doing color by numbers, so they have the screen time. They get one hour on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for screen time. They don't get it at all the rest of the week. That's what works for us. I'm not saying you have to do that. But she was during this time, and she had Liz's phone, and she was doing color by number. And most of these apps and these things, commercials pop up. Commercials pop up. You don't get to choose your commercials. You don't get to choose the advertisements that come up. And Liz happened to be, by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit who leads in God, happened to be looking at Maggie when some advertisement popped up. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a woman that didn't have enough clothes on, basically. But we have to be careful. We have to be aware of what we are allowing our children to watch, what we're allowing them to see. There's a sense of this physical protection. We have to protect their hearts until they can protect their own hearts. And we have a rule at our house, so we love sports at our house. We watch football all the time, baseball, basketball, all the sports. Again, I don't pick the commercials that show up when we're watching TV. And we've trained, literally, we have trained our children that the moment a commercial pops up and it's something, either some ridiculous movie that's coming up or some horrible commercial, our kids go like this. And then they say, Dad, can I look? Dad, can I look? And they will not look until I tell them that they can look. I, don't, I can't tell you the countless amount of things we have stopped from entering into their mind, into their consciousness. The eyes are a lamp unto our body. We've been able to stop. And the one day, this was a couple weeks ago, but it's happened many, many times, is I wasn't in the room and a game was on. Maybe it was the basketball finals or something was on. And I came around the corner and there was some horrible commercial for some new new movie that was coming out with all this awful, disgusting things. And I walk by and I see the entire room going like this. And honestly, we debate whether we should just cut it all off, get rid of the phones, get rid of technology, get rid of cable, get rid of everything. Because it is very difficult to protect. It's very, very difficult to set these boundaries. But the younger they are, we have to be so intentional about being aware of what is coming in to our children. What's, what are they seeing? What are they watching? What are they playing? What are they doing? And the last one there is to set boundaries. 
this physical protection. Guys, it's okay to say no. Moms, dads, it's okay to say no. Well, I want to go on this play date. I want to go over there. I want to do this. I'm going to do that. When you ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, that's not a friendship I want your child to have. Even though they want that friendship, it's okay to say no. Your job is to protect, to direct, and to correct. If protection's one of them, then you need to be Holy Spirit-led. You need to be able to set boundaries. You need to be able to say no to certain things. Say no to distractions. Say no to being overly busy or overly scheduled so you can spend time together as a family. It's okay to say no. So dads, fathers, will you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray for you. Stand up. Stand tall. Dads, get up, get up, get up. If you are around any of these men, would you please just gather around them and Lay hands on them. I want you to know, guys, you can do it. You can do it. God has anointed you. He has blessed you. He has given you the desires to protect, to provide, to procreate. He has given you the skill sets and abilities, no matter your personality, no matter your background. To be the dad he's called you to be. So let's pray for them this morning. Lord, we just thank you for every man standing in this room. Father, we just we're so thankful for our dads, our earthly fathers. Even though we know they're not perfect, we thank you first and foremost, Lord, that you are the perfect that you are the perfect Father. Lord, we thank you for your protection. And Father, we just pray a blessing over these men this morning. Father, I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when they leave here today that they are enough because you are enough. That they can do what you've called them to go do. That they can lead their families they can protect their families. Lord, that you would strengthen them to be the spiritual leaders of their home. That you would encourage them to speak words of affirmation and life over their families. That you would remind them to take their believer's authority and cast out and bind up the devil all his plans and purposes. Or that they would lay hands on their children and their grandchildren. That they would bless them and encourage them and speak affirmation over them. Lord, I would encourage them this morning that they will be present in the moment. Remind them, Holy Spirit, to be present in the moment. To take time to kneel down to get face-to-face with their children, to listen to their hearts. Lord, that we would humble ourselves enough to ask for forgiveness. And Lord, we ask for divine strategies, supernatural ways to protect our family from the, the attacks from the outside world through digital media. 
that you would help guide us and lead us into setting boundaries and saying no. And Lord, we just worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. Dads, fathers, if you just want to raise your hands this morning. Just receive all that has been spoken over you today. Receive the blessing of God the Father on your life. We receive that today, Lord. We receive your supernatural favor, grace, and anointing to do what you've called us to do. All the honor, the praise, and the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me just, uh, we have set some group leaders who are going to be coming up here to pray with you. If you've got, uh, actually, you guys can start coming up now. If you have any prayer requests at all, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. There'll be people up here who will pray with you, and we got extra donuts, so don't worry about missing the donuts. If you come up here for prayer, you don't have to get the donut first. You can get prayer first. I got extra donuts for those who want prayer. Okay? In fact, if you come up for prayer, you can take two donuts. Okay? All right, so let me just read this over you. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself, God the Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and hope and grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good work and word. To his name we give glory and praise. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the donuts.